This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Wednesday. I didn't think of anything to say after that. Usually I've... I've Usually I got a rant about something. I'm going. I'm going off about something, making fun of somebody in the chat. I got. I got nothing tonight. What's up? What's up, you fine people? The the seals, the seals. I don't know what the seals is. Need. I need to. I need to watch that song that I got sent yesterday. By the Ukrainians. That is apparently going viral. I got tagged in it on, on Twitter. Oh, Warlord has sent me a video on seals. Um, I see no video on seals. I see, I see nothing about seals. Also, I didn't. I didn't know uh, what talking about Navy SEALs. If you're talking, scroll up in the troll chat in in your DMs to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, how do how do I identify a SEAL? Difference between SEALs, sea lions, and Virgil. Damn, damn, you're always looking out for me, and I'm I'm always like not paying attention. I am. So so oblivious to everything that's going on. And yet I feel that I should get up and tell people about the news of the day. Weird. What is up, Ginger? <laughs> Such a non-observant person. There's probably not good. The thing I was good at about being a reporter was... Uh, doing productive that's the thing I'm good at about anything in terms of broadcasting is I'm really good at doing production I'm a decent voice and then everything else is just secondary I should not be ignoring my producer I also I, I don't know if I've told you guys this before I like discord and I would be on discord a lot more often if it wasn't for the fact that Having Discord and Adobe Premiere and... I don't know if it's Premiere or After Effects. If I have one open, I have the other open. Because I'm I'm predominantly working in After Effects, but you, everything is together in Premiere. But, like, one of those programs conflicts with Discord, and it causes my computer to crash. So I can't have Discord and my video editing software up at the same time. If you guys know what I do for a living... I do video editing, so it's kind of hard to, like, I would have Discord up all day if I could. Oh, yeah, I'm going to delete the things that I use to make my money. That makes a lot of sense, Warlord. I can't, I can't get, I gotta, I gotta give Adobe my money every fucking month. Because I need, I need their products. I'm, I'm hooked on them. I like living in my oblivious world. It annoys people around me. 
and I don't want to annoy people around me. Especially if I'm trying to build an audience of Warlord over here fucking helping me out. Seriously, doing the job of a, of a producer, keeping the chat in line, keeping the, the Discord alive. I'm going to have to start paying him at some point in time. Thank you for all you do, Warlord. If I'm ever across the pond, I will buy you beans for breakfast. You have my word. We're over here in Alabama. Tell you what a real southern breakfast is like. Hootie and Defoe fish. <laughs> okay, so I've got... <laughs> I just, I saw this as we were doing the countdown. I'm like, well, I got to talk about that. That's fucking stupid. Let's go Brandon license plate recalled by state for being objectionable. First of all, it's Alabama that recalled it. So mind blown already. Alabama thought the let's go Brandon license plate was objectionable. Man in Alabama has reportedly been told he has just days to surrender his personalized license plate or face the possibility of having his vehicle registration revoked. Nathan Kirk's license plate reads LGBFJB. It doesn't even have a profanity on it. It's just a string of letters. Let me let me first of all say I'm going to mock the shit out of him. We're going to make a lot of fun of him, but I don't think that the state is right doing this. I think this is a freedom of speech issue. The dude should be allowed to have what whatever the fuck he wants on his license plate. If you want to limit it to where, like, you can't have fucking profanity or something, fine. Okay. But LGBFJB is just a series of letters, and if he wants to pay the state extra to have that as his license plate, that should be his right. I am 100% against the state taking action on this issue. However, we're going to make some fun of him. The plate also features the Don't Tread on Me Gadsden flag. I like my version better. More on Snake. Alabama Department of Revenue's Motor Vehicle Division reportedly says the personalized plate has objectionable language, which Alabama considers offensive to the peace and dignity of the state of Alabama. Adding registration for this personalized license plate message will not be issued renewed. Let's go, Brandon, is popular saying amongst detractors of President Joe Biden. In short, it's code for fuck Joe Biden. The news article did not... did not throw down an F-bomb uncensored. I just said the word. Origin stem from a post-race interview with NASCAR driver Brandon Brown. Let's go Brandon store, Massachusetts. Goddamn. They gave Kirk 10 days. Turn in his offending license plate or else his vehicle registration would be revoked. Kirk could also reportedly face fines of up to $1,000 if he doesn't comply. Kirk, dude, I'm on your side. Against the state, like, I, th- I think you're fucking stupid for wanting to advertise your Let's Go Brandon bullshit. I think anyone still saying that shit is trite, uninspired, and, and 
just trying to capitalize on virtue signaling. That's what it is. That is virtue signaling for the right. They've got a virtue signal to each other. You know the the meme where the uh, one dude is taking a piss at the urinal and the other dude walks over like there's a whole line of urinals and the one dude walks over right next to him? That's the way the right-wingers are. Did you hear me say, let's go, Brandon? Yuck, 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 yuck. Speaking of Brandon, let's talk about him. He gave a speech last night. Some people had some reactions. This was Senator Bernie Sanders on the Late Show. Apparently, the Late Show did live coverage after the State of the Union. This was uh, Bernie's sentiments. He concluded by saying, as hard as these times have been, I am more optimistic about America today than I have been my whole life. Do you share his optimism? Uh, no. <clears throat> Get that down. But he is... And just Anno, I got the but Anno. He... Okay, there you go. That's his personality. He's, he's generally more optimistic than I am. I'm kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good thing. <laughs> he likes people more than I like people, you know. It's one of those things. Um, Biden ended the speech. Motherfucking Bernie out there, like, I don't like people. I want you all to have health care, but I do not like you people. I do not want you around me. <laughs> the Defoe fish should have creeped you out. If that doesn't creep you out, you're you're not human. Hootie and Defoe fish. <laughs> oh, God, that's your meme of the day. Now let's hear from a walking meme. Rand Paul. <laughs> he had thoughts on Biden's speech from last night. And uh, y- you know, you know, they were fucking fuck. Join me now. Great. Oh, you shut up, Cudlow. I completely think this was not a smooth transition a over here. Who doesn't know what's going on in the union, or at least is hoping you don't know. What is the state of the union? Russia's invasion of Ukraine has led to the worst crisis in Europe since World War II. What, what is the State of the Union? Let me talk about something that's completely irrelevant to the state of our union here in the United States. Let me talk about some foreign invasion that has nothing to fuck all do with us. World War II. Massive inflation is everywhere, the likes of which we haven't seen since the malaise of Jimmy Carter. Parents are frustrated by almost two years of bureaucrats messing with their kids' schooling. Everyday Americans see their freedom, jobs, and livelihoods stolen from them by petty tyrants drunk on power with lockdowns and mandates. The State of the Union... What lockdowns? What mandates? ...largely unhappy with Biden's performance. Our two years of lockdowns, ballooning national debt... Polling, polling shows that people that, like, you know, went in with a adverse opinion tend to to come out of the State of the Union with a better opinion. Polls showed that, like, fucking 16 points or something like that. That people were had a, a more favorable opinion of Biden after the State of the Union. Yeah, look, fucking, we see no fucking lockdowns during Biden. What the fuck is this dude talking about? And out-of-control inflation. Scary-sounding word. Security. Congress added trillions of dollars in new debt to pay people. Paul 2012. 
Poll 2012. When gas goes up every day, when food prices increase weekly, these are signs of real trouble. Of course, that's if you can even get the food. Supply chain issues from our COVID policies have continued to bring empty shelves, late deliveries of just about every item in our... And you got like, I don't, I don't like, you know, I haven't had any disruption. Um, I can't get my cat food right now. I got, I, I got a different, like it's not the specific one my cat's like. Got the same brand, but a different type. I that could be stabbing it. That could be stabbing issues. That could be stock issues. But like I, I haven't had a hard time getting anything from the grocery store. I haven't been there myself to see what shelves look like. What is your guys's experience? You having a hard time finding food? Is that a thing? Like, Sparkles and I had would have had an hour wait at a sushi restaurant the other day. We had waited. But other than that, like we haven't had a hard time finding food. Our economy, from meat to used cars, from raw materials to boatloads of goods, the delays are ongoing. Yeah, just random, just random things. I've been able to get. You fucking like graham crackers for a couple of months. Like graham crackers and Nutella is like my fucking stoner snack. By the way, gender are brought into their small children's classrooms. That's if their kids are even meeting in person. I prefer not to Amazon or B. I actually shop, I shop from Kroger because they're unionized. That they're following the science. But it looks more like... I would shop from my local store if they delivered, but I don't have a car. I shopped at the local store more than anything. And hide in your basement. I made Sparkles take me there the other day. That may be okay for a 40-year-old government bureaucrat making nearly half a million dollars. But it's not so easy for everyone else. And really... The scientific evidence for vaccinating children is not convincing. There have been many casualties of the Biden policy so far. Science? What the fuck are you talking about? They're, they're citing that one study where like the, the, the immunity waned to like 14%. But like it's still about reaching herd immunity. It's about like getting the specific dosing right on what we're doing with children. And they don't feel they need to rush it right now because, like, we are, like, the pandemic comes in waves and ebbs and flows. And, like, right now we're, we're, we're in a valley or heading to a valley, hopefully. Like, we, we could see a resurgence of it. Like, that was, I was arguing with a dude as I was putting the show together and shit. And he's like, you just, you just need to get over it. Move on. Move on. I'm like, it's kind of an issue. There's still almost 2,000 people dying a day, you know? Like, you can't just move on. You can't just deny reality, you stupid fucks. Freedom, prosperity, strength in the world. These are not small matters, and they've all happened in barely over a year. I shudder to think what will happen if these policies continue unchececked. Democrats He's got pretty eyes. Clapped and cheered tonight. Bear much of the blame as well. They passed the spending bills and enabled the appointees who have made this mess. Thankfully, one thing I can say without flinching about is that Americans, that we still are the greatest country and that our State of the Union can and will bounce back.
By what metric? Spending under control. We can retake our freedom. We can stop the left from taking. By what metric are we the greatest country? At, at what? It starts now. Parents are fighting back. People are listening to other voices with real science on their side. And men and women are running for office to take back Congress. Next- for, those, for those of you who are not aware, Rand Paul is a fake doctor, could not get certified, created his own fucking board to certify himself to be a, a optometrist ophthalmologist one or the i always get the two confused i don't even know what the difference is between the two of them but he's one of those two things couldn't get board sort certified created his own board and his own certification he's a fake fucking doctor i'm hopeful that the message will be better our outlook brighter for now keep fighting and hoping that our best days can and will be ahead of us. Now I, I I mentioned Rand Paul's eyes, and there's something I need to talk about. Cause like I've I I made a point about the whole Zelensky, um um, internet crush thing that's going on with like people on on Facebook and on Twitter, how they're all like swooning over Zelensky, and I've made points about how like people have taking advantage of popular movements and we shouldn't we shouldn't lionize these figures and lust after them and yada 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 and ascribe things ascribe things like fucking like we're watching a TV show but like last night when we were watching representative Talib's response to the state of the union i mentioned that she makes me swoon and i shouldn't do that because i had the critique about Zelensky. I, I shouldn't do that to... She is a public servant. That I should... It, it, should, it should be a total... I really like her. I admire her a lot. But we, we, need to, we need to keep this a professional relationship. And I should not have referred to her that way. Uh, I will, however, beat her up on behalf of Representative... Josh Gottheimer, though, if he wants to talk some shit about Representative, uh, he's a cutie, too. President of Finland. I, it's, it's not just female politicians. I, I, I tend to, I tend to like my, my males more on the feminine side. But like the the qualities I look for, female is like a strong female that will put me in my place if I need to be put in my place. I tend to see that a lot in politics. I've had I've had a lot of political crushes, and I need to stop that. But also, like Kirsten Cinema was one of my political crushes like ten fucking years ago. Clearly, I, I am able to, to separate the person from the policy and be like, nope, I don't like her anymore. But Josh Gottheimer says it's massively unproductive for Rashida Tlaib to give a State of the Union response, even though he also gave one. 
An article from Business Insider from yesterday, Representative Josh Gottheimer, a Democrat from New Jersey, slammed a fellow Democrat, Representative Rashida Tlaib, for giving a progressive response to President Joe Biden's State of the Union address, calling it counterproductive and comparing it to slashing your own tires. But Gottheimer is giving his own response to the speech on behalf of No Labels, a centrist political organization that once contemplated launching a primary challenge against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Why would a centrist organization contemplate launching a primary challenge against Pelosi? There is a primary challenger to Pelosi. And by the way, we're going to cover the Texas primary here shortly. But there is a primary challenger to Nancy Pelosi. I, he's probably not got a chance in hell again, but his name is Shahid Buttar. Fucking like, I need to go promote him to right-wingers and help get them elected <laughs> there but like it, it's also it's it's the san francisco district so there's not a lot of fucking right-wingers voting in san francisco but there's not a there's not a lot of buzz around him after biden's address on tuesday night to will give a speech on behalf of the working families party a minor political party that works to boost progressive candidates and elected officials within the Democratic Party. Last year, Democratic Representative Jamal Bowman of New York gave the group's response to Biden's first joint address to Congress. Democratic Rep. Colin Alred of Texas is also scheduled to speak on behalf of the Congressional Black Caucus. It's highly unusual for even one lawmaker to formally respond to a State of the Union address by a president of their own party, and this year there are at least three such planned speeches. I guess that's a that's a sign of Biden's weakness. Everybody sees a political opportunity. Gottheimer told Axios that Talib's speech will highlight, and even like we even saw Rand Paul's response. Like all the Republicans wanted to take a shot. There, I could have, I could have played multiple fucking clips of John Thune talking about buying before he gave a speech yesterday. I even had it on the on the sheet over here. I had another one I could have played a John Thune responding to Joe, Joe Biden, but I spared you. I spared you. No Labels released a video promoting their bipartisan perspective discussion, which is scheduled to take place immediately after Biden's speech concludes. Gottheimer will be speaking alongside Republican Representative Brian Fitzpatrick and the director of No Labels. Sounds like a bullshit organization. The video highlights crime and inflation while asking, is COVID over? And what's the breaking point? We're ready because I didn't spare you Mitch McConnell tonight. You're going to have to hear from the turtle. Last Republican leader. State of the Union address. It might have worked okay for a... Minority leader Mitch McConnell that had been successfully tackling America's problems and actually earning high marks. We're a long way from That's hospitals not, not requiring masks, I believe. In which we live. Democrats spent the last 12 months making major and painful policy errors. The public overwhelmingly disapproves. President Biden didn't need to stay the course and rehash. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The 
the public overwhelmingly disapproves of the fact that Biden couldn't get his agenda passed. Mitch McConnell making it sound like like all of us over here who are pissed at Joe Biden are on his side. Well, everybody's upset about Joe Biden because he can't. He he's been doing this massive tax and spend shit, but yet he also hasn't got anything done. A scattered wish list. He needed to make a dramatic pivot, but he chose not to. The president first discussed Ukraine. Then do a Everyone kickball chain after that dramatic pivot. Biden expressed. Jazz hands. But the sentiments are not enough. The president articulated no meaningful new steps. No specific. Two or three of you that are watching this got that. And, no and that was, that was totally to for you. Flowing weapons, intelligence, and advanced capabilities into Ukraine as long as the Ukrainians need them. I mean, that's what I always ask, like, what economic policies, what, what bills have they passed that have had any effect on you? That's what I always ask the Republicans. What can you point to that they have done? We've got the, we've got the same budget that was going on when Trump was in office. The same budget. All they've done is pass continuing resolutions. The administration did not foresee, let alone orchestrate. Apart from Ukraine, the president's other remarks on our dangerous world were not just insufficient, they were basically non-existent. The president spoke for over an hour, but only mentioned China twice. Well, yeah, because what the fuck is he going to do about China? It's about America. What can we do here? What can we do here in the United States, motherfucker? We we ain't got no business meddling with China. Who cares? You're the fucking... You're married to a, a, a Chinese woman. You need to know about China. Ask her. Ask her. Her dad owns a shipping company in China. You don't need Joe Biden to talk about that shit. Either time had anything to do with national security. I'm not high enough for this shit. President only mentioned Iran one time, and it was literally by accident. Zero mentions of North Korea, zero mentions of the botched Afghanistan retreat. Fuck, I don't, I don't think I saved it. Like, there, he said uh, Uranians instead of Ukrainians. He said Uranians. I did not notice it. We were just jacking off and getting high and having a grand old time while, while Grandpappy was talking last night. But he, he called them Uranians. Instead of Ukrainians one time. That, that's pretty funny. The administration originally boasted was a, quote, success, end quote. Our 13... I agree with Ida. ...lost their lives are completely unmentioned until Governor Reynolds... Because, like, Chinese is never good cold, either. So no cold war with China. ...budget that President Biden actually tried to cut last year. Meanwhile... The president's speech tried to skate by the serious kitchen table concerns that are actually keeping families up at night. The president talked about made in America, but keeps fighting against energy independence. Democrats, Democrats, he's married American oil and gas. 
to a woman whose dad runs a Chinese shipping company again. And we're begging OPEC to produce even more. And his energy vision is to dump huge subsidies into supply chains that are dominated by China. Not, not that I'm, not that, dude, not that I'm like. Our grandkids to build back. Digging at you because you were married to a Chinese woman. That I could care less about. Love is love, man. Do whatever you need to do. have already killed and buried. To have some self-awareness. Even worse. He tried to brag about fancy technology on our southern border as if we hadn't just seen a new record for illegal crossing. You gotta forget, what have you done to fix this? Everything that we've, you know, fucking blocked. You haven't been able to pass anything, so what have you done to fix any of the problems that we created? Is what Mitch McConnell is saying. CNN conducted an instant poll. As you might expect, it oversampled Democrats. Even so, the percentage who gave the president's speech high marks was the lowest they've seen in 15 years. Now, I was hugely successful governor. Kemp. There is no way that was true or it got fucking, it got hate bombed. Who were suffering under Democrats. I mean, it was just a poll on a website. It could have it got fucking troll rated. Strength abroad, law and order in our streets, and sanity in our public schools. I don't believe him. You're telling me that a CNN poll said that Biden did worse than what Trump did. A CNN poll. Of course, for him. Doubt. Doubt. I'm sorry I got to hit you with him again. He's got problems with the... Biden administration's pick last week for the for the Supreme Court, Katinji uh, Brown Jackson. Uh, of course he's got issues with her, and I got to make you listen to the turtle once again. His choice to succeed Justice Stephen Breyer on the Supreme Court, Judge Katinji Brown Jackson. Judge Jackson was confirmed less than a year ago to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, every senator must carefully evaluate Judge Jackson's record, legal views, and judicial philosophy. The nominee, the Senate, the court, and the American people all deserve deserves a process that is free of embarrassing antics that have become the Democratic Party's routine whenever a Republican president nominates a new justice. The baseless smears, the shameless distortions. The country deserves a process that is painful. He says before he gets ready to hurl a baseless smear. appointment to our highest court. I, for one, don't care what Judge Jackson's friends wrote in her high school yearbook. I care that American families are facing major crises that bear directly on federal courts and our legal system. From surging violent crime <clears throat> and systematic... I mean, I, I've, I've been predicting that they're going to hold it up. Orders ...to campaigns to shrink religious freedom. Chuck Grassley could be the savior that allows it to move forward. Major sides ...increasingly makes noise about attacking the very legitimacy and structure of the Supreme Court itself. 
The country needs a serious and sober examination of all of it. We need to get more high. Nobody in this country is high enough for this shit, sir. When I meet with her, don't don't talk to me about serious and sober. One year since Judge Jackson was confirmed to the D.C. Circuit. Since then, I understand. Barrett didn't have a record to go off of in the last several weeks. I'm troubled by the combination of this slim appellate record and the intensity of Judge Jackson's far-left dark money fan club. Throughout the jockeying that preceded... Far-left dark money fan club. After her prior confirmation last year, Judge Jackson has attracted loyal and... Inten- I mean, like, fucking every Republican judge has been Federalist Society for, like, what, the last 30 fucking years? It's goddamn insane. So fuck off with your far-left dark money. Get out of here. Support for some of the very same dark money far-left activists who've declared war on the institution of the court itself. One has to wonder why these left-wing organizations worked so very hard to boost Judge Jackson for this potential promotion. Oh, so so when when it is a nominee that the Republicans don't like, they're an activist judge and they shouldn't be on the bench. But if, if, if it's it's a a a nominee that they do like, then their detractors are attacking the courts itself. Wild, fucking wild. I'm sincerely looking forward to meeting Judge Jackson to a thorough conversation tomorrow morning, and to. Let's so get ready to say they're meeting this week. Lies ahead. I do want to bring up that she did get three Republican votes to confirm her to the appellate court. One of those is Lindsey Graham, and Lindsey Graham does sit on the Judiciary Committee. What, what we what we have right now, because of the joint power-sharing agreement in the Senate, in order to get Judge Jackson through the Judiciary Committee, there has to it's equally split between Republicans and Democrats. So they have to have one Republican go along with them, and there's some assholes on on the Judiciary Committee. But Lindsey Graham, who is an asshole, is on the Judiciary Committee, and he actually voted for Judge Jackson for the appellate court. Uh, Three Republicans voted last year, just last year, to confirm Jackson to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. Senators Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Senator Lindsey Graham. None of the three have indicated whether they would vote to put Jackson on the Supreme Court to replace the retiring Justice Stephen Breyer. Graham issued a statement on Thursday bemoaning the radical left has won President Biden over yet again. Fucking good. Again, again. I'm happy to take this win, and like I don't know if she's radical in any way, shape. Because she's a black woman with dreads, she's radical to Lindsey Graham, but in terms of her jurisprudence, she's probably going to be pretty, pretty fucking liberal. As Judge Jackson prepares for her testimony, today the Fed chairman... And thank you, Chair Powell. Had his 
This is his first day of testifying uh, on the Hill. This was the House Financial Services Committee. I assume he will be appearing in front of the Senate tomorrow. Because he will be back on Capitol Hill. This is Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. We're getting... We're getting... I don't know shit about financial shit. Every time we watch like a CNNBC piece, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But this is going to be key going forward. The Fed is getting ready to make some serious moves. Hacking off on the quantitative easing, which has basically been giving money to the financial industry. The government has been propping up the financial industry in order to ensure that loans remain low interest. Getting ready to adjust interest rates. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. For attending this morning, if you can, uh, a lot of times we look for historical references when we try to reference an event, a current event. Uh, Did I say we're going we're gonna to hear from... When they look at inflation today, they reference it back. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. The late 70s and the early 1980s. From your perspective, to the audio, this is Representative David Kustoff That's the proper historical reference for what we're, <clears throat> what we're trying not to replicate. Um, so we look back. Um, look, obviously, all of us have looked at carefully at the history of, of um, post-World War II uh, inflation and business cycles and all that kind of thing. Um, one of the things that's different now is that... Um, Central banks, including the Fed. And I was thinking about this exact point earlier today. Okay, like, like, yeah, you've, you've studied going back that far because, of course, you have. Because, like, that's all that modern money theory has existed has been during that time. We lived in a much, much different time a century ago, sir. When it, when it comes to monetary policy... <laughs> So I would hope the very short existence of this financial system, which doesn't seem to work very well, to be completely honest with you, I would hope this very short time span, all you economists have indeed studied it. ...are very squarely take responsibility for inflation. That was actually not the case in the 1970s. There was a, a school of thought that Really, uh, there were certain things that, that an independent agency just couldn't do because it was too hard and Congress should do it. So now I think central banks around the world have an inflation target. They have transparency so that they can be held to account for it. You know, we're, we're not waiting. We are using our tools now to – and that's, that's really different um, where, than it was in the 1970s. So – also, inflation expectations have been anchored for a long time. They, they really weren't then. They were allowed to become unanchored without, without much of a response. That, that would not happen in today's world and will not happen. A few weeks ago when the CPI number came out, I was on my way to a breakfast meeting in Jackson, Tennessee, where I represented one of my constituents and I, when we were talking about the new CPI number, he said, uh, I don't care what the number is. because They make a damn good breakfast. Jackson, Tennessee. So, oh, I, I will, I will back this dude up on that one. Because uh, I know that I'm paying 50 percent more in gas than I did 
12 and 18 months ago. I know I'm paying 20 to 25 percent more in grocery prices than I did a year ago. I know what the price of a new car and a used car is. If you, if you were me, if you were a member of Congress, what would you tell your constituents about the rising cost, the expensive cost to, to just live today? Inflation is too high. It's, we understand that, and you know we're working on it. It's going to take some time, but we're going to get it back under control. By the way, we're seeing this everywhere in the world. We're seeing it more in the United States because our economy is stronger, but we're seeing it everywhere in the world. Let me, if I can, follow up on a, a few questions that, that some of my colleagues asked about. Uh, Ranking Member McHenry asked you about the, the next meeting and your plans for the... For oh, the I love it, Airstyle. Laid it out, but you also talked about. Well, I love it's cool. My situation that's developed in Russia and Ukraine. Uh, my uh, my inference from your answer was is that uh, if Russia had not invaded Ukraine, that the Fed would be more aggressive as it relates to the balance sheet and to rate hikes. Is that a proper inference? No, I think that remains to be seen. We, as I said, we are moving ahead <clears throat> at this meeting. It would be my expectation in two weeks with a, with a rate increase. And we're going to make progress on, on, on agreeing on a plan at this meeting to, to shrink the balance sheet. And I'm confident we will. The question of when we implement Oh, so we, we don't have a definite rate hike coming so I, yet. I don't think that's clear at this point. But he, he thinks so in two weeks. You know, something that we can't answer now. Um, Mr. Garcia referenced the president's State of the Union remarks last night. The president, uh, when he talked about addressing inflation, said that we need to control cost. Did you hear him say that? I, I did not. I, 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 was, you, I was too busy getting ready for this hearing. I did not watch. I won't tell the president. <laughs> I probably just uh, did. When, when the president said he wants to... I uh, probably just did. Cost ...or that businesses should control costs to address inflation, would you have any idea what he's talking about? I, I really can't comment. Um, Fair enough. And follow-up to my... Uh, yes, businesses could... Um, uh, the government should impose and, uh, price controls. On business, yes, that is a tool that the government should use. Uh, one thing that you talked about that kept you up at night was a cyber attack. If if Russia were to retaliate against the United States in some form of a cyber attack, what degree of confidence do you have in our nation's take, banks? Take down the take down the market. Take down the market. <clears throat> Crash the Russia. Everything that we oh fuck! I'd get in trouble if I said that, wouldn't I? I was getting ready to pull a Donald Trump. We're really ask Russia to do private, something. Uh, large financial institutions are doing it. They have been for some time. So almost got me there. It's very hard to, to say what's possible to happen, but um, we're we're certainly on on high alert, and we will continue to be. It, it, it might not be a bad scenario if Russia was to cra- crash, some, crash some Bitcoin or something. Crash a stock market. I don't care. Wipe out student debt. Wipe out student debt. Here's one for you. This is this is one particular this is one particular story I like to highlight as we talk about the Texas primaries. This is a hell of a this is a hell of a headline right here. Representative Van Taylor apologizes for affair with ex ISIS widow 
and has dropped out of a runoff. Representative Van Taylor has apologized for an affair with the widow of an ISIS member from Texas and will halt his run for re-election, conceding the GOP runoff to former Collin County Judge Keith Self, according to the Dallas Morning News. Revelation likely accounted for the two-term representative's relatively poor showing. Taylor finished with about 49% of the GOP primary vote and was likely to face self in a runoff in May. I'm not knocking you for being in love with her, dude. The heart wants what the heart wants. Go be in love with her. <laughs> I just like the widow of an ISIS, which I mean, you can't hold her. As, it, it, was it the whole ISIS association? Was like I, I don't know. We don't know from this story if she was Muslim. He might not have been Muslim. He's from Texas. We've got we gotta get we gotta get more story here. Hanya Joya had been married to a jihadist from Texas for ten years, but she was tired of living like a nomad and unnerved by his increasingly extreme ideology. When he dragged their family to war torn Syria, she knew it was time to get out. This is a article from November of twenty seventeen. Her husband was a convert to Islam, was a Texas, was a Texan from Plano. Tanya had been raised outside of London, been married to him for 10 years. They had most recently been living in Egypt, but had been forced to flee that country amid the chaos that followed the 2013 ouster of the Muslim Brotherhood-led government. They'd headed for the eastern Turkish city of Gaziantep about 30 miles uh, from the Syrian border where spoke Arabic and her husband could find work. He was a jihadist soon to become where he could find work as a jihadist soon to become one of the most senior Westerners in ISIS who dream. Okay. So he wasn't a Westerner. He dreamed of helping form a caliphate an Islamic kingdom to rule the world growing increasingly disenchanted with his quest. How in the world did she get hooked up with a two-term congressman from Texas? Oh, wait a minute, was this, a, this is a state, uh, state representative, I'm sorry. How'd she get hooked up with a state representative? So she was with him from October of 2020 until June of 2020. So it was just a little pandemic fling. It wasn't no, it wasn't no big deal. 
Haley received A grades from the NRA and National Right to Life in addition to support from Senator Ted Cruz. But former President Donald Trump did stop short of endorsing him. All right, let's go through the rundown of shit that happened last night. This is a cool little article from Texas Monthly. Greg Abbott wins the GOP nomination outright. Ken Paxton, that's the attorney general. He's going to be heading into a runoff against George P. Bush. We got we got to put up with another Bush kid. And this, this one's like, he's on the Trump train and shit, if I remember correctly. Ken Paxton is heading into a runoff against George P. Bush. Democratic Socialists running for the U.S. House. Have a good night. Oh, it was the first one. Uh, the first uh, story was the Van Taylor affair. Conservative black Democrat Harold Dutton is still in jeopardy. Harold Dutton, a black Democrat with a conservative bent, has represented a slice of Houston in the Texas House since 1985 and for most of the 2000s. Never even garnered primary challenges, but in 2020, a challenger in a three-way primary forced Dutton into a runoff, which he won in the 2021 uh, league session. He was put in charge of the Public Education Committee by Speaker Dade Fellin. That's with a PH. Uh, it may be Fahan. The session uh, proved testy for Dutton after a pet bill of his calling for a state takeover of certain Houston public schools was killed on a technicality by a fellow Democrat. He seems like a real piece of shit. The race currently stands. Dutton has a lead of only 120 votes. This was as of 5.32 p.m., Jeff Younger, a prominent trans anti-trans activist, reaches a runoff. Fuck you, dude. That's oh shit. I didn't even I didn't even think to put the Texas enforcement. There is a court case where they are investigating somebody that works for the state and their trans child for abuse. They are taking it to court. Definitely need to talk about that. Going on down Texas. Apparently they had the success of a Democrat turned Republican. Ryan Gullen lives in November. State Representative Ryan Gullen switched parties from Democrat to Republican. A major win for the GOP as it continued to emphasize its growth in South Texas. Bolin was one of the most conservative Democrats in the House, but he generally had a reputation as an unideological and lobby-friendly fellow. That seems to be the case with a lot of Texas Democrats, it does seem. Texas Senate race highlighted yesterday merits a follow-up. The Democratic primary to replace retiring Democrat Eddie Lucio Jr. in a South Texas seat. 
anchored around McAllen with redistricting and the rightward shift that happened in the Rio Grande Valley in 2020. Senate District 27 figures to be more competitive than it's been in a long time. A wide spectrum of Democrats entered the race, which will be heading to a runoff. Different Democrat Morgan Lamentia, an attorney and Democratic donor who earned the endorsement of Lucio, who was the most conservative Democrat in the Senate last session, will face off against attorney Sarah Stapleton Barrera, a progressive who forced Lucio into a runoff in 2020 before falling short. Wayar and Cicinero advanced to a runoff. This was uh, 9.54 a.m. this morning. They got this update as the clock ticks past 2 a.m. The Associated Press called the Democratic primary for the congressional seat in District 28. It was going to a runoff on May 24th. Incumbent Congressman Henry Cuellar was under investigation. I fucked his name. I kept calling him Querler or some shit the other day. Henry Cuellar, who is under investigation by the FBI, and Jessica Cisneros face a rematch in May after both failed to pass the 50% threshold to win outright. Cisneros uh, is a very good candidate. After trailing in the count most of Tuesday night, Cuellar had taken a slim lead with nearly all the votes tallied. This morning, with 95% of the vote counted, Cuellar led Cisneros. 48.5 to 46.8. Damn. Less than two percentage points. Three hours before the vote was called, Cisneros spoke to her family and supporters at a jubilant watch party in Northeast Laredo. It's not looking like we'll have results tonight, she said, as a projector flashed up a live vote count that showed her holding a slim lead. primary was marked by drama and not just the usual campaign fireworks in late January. FBI agents raided Cuellar's Laredo home and campaign office. The FBI later said the raid was part of a wide-ranging FBI probe into a group of U.S. businessmen and the government of Azerbaijan. Though Cuellar has not been indicted, it says the investigation will clear him of any suspicion the raid likely hurt him on Tuesday. Third candidate in the race, Tanya Benavides, uh, also ran to Cuellar's left. Benavides finished with just less than 5% of the vote. Uh, the headline results of the night, this was their wrap-up for the evening. The headline results of the night was Greg Abbott's outright win in the GOP gubernatorial primary. I, I doubted he was going to face any... Anybody that's uh, living in Texas can tell us, did he did he even face a challenge? Kind of weird to do a political talk show and we've been all fucking war, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I fucking missed out on a, a primary. I don't even know if Abbott faced a challenger in the primary. Kim Paxton and George P. Bush... Qualifying for a runoff for the GOP nomination for Attorney General. Ken Paxton was indicted five years ago on fraud charges. How the fuck is he still in office? Democratic Socialist Greg Cesar's win in the U.S. House primary in a deep blue district that all but assures he'll be the representative next year. 
go with the rundown and the highlights of the Texas primary. Out on all that bullshit because we were talking about like Ukrainian bullshit. We who knew that we were this close to World War Three? We know. Many of you want no part of this war. You. You damn right. You damn right. That's why I selected this clip. This is Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Apparently, Russia has taken first major city in Ukraine. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. Blinken gave a press conference earlier today. Apparently speaking to us, the people that don't want war with Ukraine, or war with Russia, or proxy war. You, like Ukrainians, like Americans, like people everywhere, want the same basic things. How in the world does President Putin's unprovoked aggression against Ukraine help you achieve any of these things? How is it going to make your lives better? 141 member states voted in favor of a resolution reaffirming Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity and condemning Russia's invasion of another member state. As this vote Good on them. the overwhelming majority of the international community stands in strong support of the core principles of the United Nations and upholding the UN Charter and stands against Russia's cool. reckless attempts to change the borders of another sovereign country by force to replace its will for the will of the Ukrainian people. We've certainly seen uh, in the past that um, one of Russia's methods of war uh, is to be absolutely brutal in trying to cow the citizenry uh, of, um, of a given country. Uh, and that includes, at the very least, indiscriminate targeting and potentially deliberate targeting as well. Where the U.S. stands as of this evening. I'm always skeptical of internet videos. That's why I haven't shown a lot. Uh, I'm always skeptical of everything on the fucking internet. But this is apparently a TikTok uh, star in Ukraine showing how to operate a Russian vehicle you might come across. Which I thought was handy information that you guys might find interesting. She looks like she was having fun on that fucking tank. Look good on her. In case you guys needed to know how to take over a Russian tank that you might find on the side of the road. You never know when you might need that information, fuckers. Thank me later. Russian forces claim control over first major city in Ukraine 
Ukraine's state emergency service said Wednesday that more than 2,000 civilians have been killed since Russia invaded on February the 24th. Attacks on civilian areas have increased in the last 48 hours. The casualty number is impossible to verify. The Russian military claims it has seized control of the southern city of Kherson. Not croissant. Making me kind of hungry, but croissant. It has a population of 300,000. would be the first major city in Ukraine to fall. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's office told the AP that fighting was still occurring around Kherson. Kherson's mayor said in a Facebook post that he reached an agreement with Russian forces on civilian movement. In its first acknowledgement of significant casualties, Russia's defense ministry announced that 498 Russian troops had been killed and 1,597 uh, 1, injured. That's what you get, motherfuckers. Good on Ukraine. Ukraine has claimed its forces have killed more than 5,000 Russians. Neither of the figures have been independently verified. So Ukraine claims it's killed 5,000. Russia says, no, it's more like 500. A senior U.S. defense official declined to comment on the accuracy of the Russian figures, but said, my advice to anyone would be extremely skeptical over any information the Russian Ministry of Defense puts out there. I would be extremely skeptical. I'm extremely skeptical of the U.S. State Department. I, I would be extremely skeptical of anything the U.S. State Department puts out there, sir. And the Russian and the Russian, both. I'm extremely, I'm extremely skeptical of any government and their motives. I will give them this one. The U.S. State Department was was somewhat right. They had been sounding the alarms about a Russian invasion. Apparently, they like knew what they were talking about. And this entire time, I'm like, hogwash. The prosecutor of the International Criminal Court said he would immediately open an investigation into allegations of war crimes, crimes against humanity, or genocide committed in Ukraine since 2013. Now, some Ukrainians are stealing tanks. Other Ukrainians are thinking luxury super yachts, which is super fucking based. Ukrainian sailor sinks Russian bosses $7.7 million luxury super yacht. I don't like, is this the actual picture or is this just a picture of the model? New York Post going by here. Apparently that's that's the type of yacht at least. Ukrainian man was arrested for partially sinking his Russian tycoon boss's 7.7 million luxury super yacht in Spain in protest over the Kremlin's invasion of Ukraine. They weren't even on the battlefield. This motherfucker's just out in Spain. Taras Ostapchuk, 55, was taken into custody on Saturday in Malaka. Moraka. Mol. Moraka? 
fucking shit. I'm gonna have to find it out. Maine. Sounds bougie. If I can spell it right. Mallorca. Mallorca. Thank you, Spider. Mallorca. He allegedly opened several valves to intentionally flood the 156-foot-long vessel. The yacht named Lady Anastasia is owned by businessman Alexander Mijev, who's the CEO of Russian military weapons company Rosa Barona Export. Rosa Barone. Rosa Barone Export. That's a fun word to say. Rosa Barone. Everybody say that on your own. Rosa Barone. Probably not saying that right either. You're hearing me say it with like, you know, my my thick southern accent. When officers arrived to arrest Ostapchuk. The crew member allegedly said, my boss is a criminal who sells weapons that kill the Ukrainian people. Fuck yeah, this dude's awesome. Austin Pachuk said he was spurred to sabotage the luxury yacht after seeing news reports of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, according to a local media outlet. I watched the news about the war. There was a video of a helicopter attack on a building in Kiev. The armaments used are produced by the yacht's owner's company. They were attacking innocents. Austin Pachuk said as he faced the court. He told the judge he didn't regret his actions and he would do it again! I'll do it again, he said! I'd fucking do it again! (laughs) The yacht reportedly suffered severe damage to its engine room. Good! That's the smarmy motherfucker's face, the dude who owns the yacht. Fuck that dude. I got another uplifting story about billionaires. I got a co- I got a couple of uplifting stories about billionaires for you. I hope you enjoy. Remember the Florida teen who tracked Elon Musk's plane? He had a Twitter account that like would post updates on where Elon Musk's plane was. And Elon offered him 5K for it. And he's like, nah, 50K. And Elon, Elon blocked him. Elon's such a little punk-ass bitch. No, no, no. Elon, that was absolutely worth 50K. Good on that kid. I wish he'd gotten 50K. Because like, his, his whole reasoning behind it was like, that was enough for a Tesla. But the Florida teen who tracked Elon Musk's plane is now tracking the jets of Russian billionaires. Fucking love this kid. A 19-year-old University of Central Florida student who went viral for tracking SpaceX founder Elon Musk's jet has launched a new Twitter venture tracking the jets of Russian billionaires. Jack Sweeney, a freshman at UCF, 
In January, uh, he made the Twitter bot Elon Jet that tracks Musk's private jet and tweets his whereabouts. Already did the 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 whole rundown of that. He has now launched Are You Oligarchs Jets? If you'd like to give him a follow, fucking A, there's the link. Tracking Russian oligarchs. Good on this motherfucker. <laughs> now, I wouldn't encourage anybody to do anything untoward with that information. Never. I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage you to do something like our friend did over in Spain. So it tracks helicopters, private jets, and commercial-sized airplanes of Russian oligarchs. His most recent tweets show the whereabouts of Alexander Abramov, a former scientist who became one of the two heads at Russia's largest steel producer, and Roman Abramovich, a billionaire and Chelsea football club owner. The account was launched as prominent Russians uh, come under pressure over the invasion of Ukraine and already has 127,000 followers. My homeboy. Speaking of Elon Musk, he's offered his help, so you know it's gonna, you know, you know, you know it's gonna be a fucking bright idea that we're not, that we're totally not gonna laugh at. Elon Musk says SpaceX will save the day if Russia tries sending the ISS hurtling towards Earth. Elon Musk is going to try to save the day. While he was declaring that he'd save the world if push came to shove with Russia, he's also chowing down with locals in Texas. This is a TMZ article we're reading from. It shows Elon with spiral potatoes. He's got a big... Giant spiral potato. I guess that's his baby he had with Grimes. What? How do you say his kid's name? Somebody give me the just the one with the weird letters and shit. Uh, young son X. That's it. I guess they're just calling him X. X gonna give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Uber Goober Oh Oh Little Glebaglorp <laughs> Grimes dropped a new song. I haven't listened to it yet. I, I haven't really liked any of the, the, the like the two she's come out with. Mini Musk. Oh my God! I just have some, I hadn't seen the picture yet. I hadn't seen the picture yet. Oh my God! Uh, I don't think you're supposed to eat them that way. 
I start at the top like it's an ice cream cone, dude. Go for it. This is the Sombrero Festival in Brownsville on Saturday. But his his little crazy plan here was he vowed to become a real live action hero, saving the world or at least in part of it, by thwarting any attempt by the Russian government to send the International Space Station hurtling towards Earth. Musk is reacting to a Russian space official who menacingly suggested the ISS could lose its trajectory and careen toward the U.S. or Europe if the Russians sabotage the craft. The official suggested sanctions could... They've all been saying really weird shit. Maybe I'll do a whole segment on that tomorrow night. I didn't want to spend too much time on the Russian-Ukraine bullshit. But like they've all like all the Russians have been saying some wild ass shit. Like Russian officials. So like hopefully, hopefully cooler heads prevail and there's real diplomacy going on. Blinken, I don't know much about you, but you may have to you may not have to negotiate some some uh tight butthole moments. You're gonna be clinching your ass worried about making the wrong move in a game of nuclear chess. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But they've been saying some wild ass shit. Like fucking trying to take control of the ISS. Someone on Twitter inquired if Elon Musk was suggesting SpaceX would prevent the ISS from plummeting to Earth. His response, yes. Musk acknowledged another tweet with the ISS, but one thing was missing, any evidence of Russia. Instead, the SpaceX Dragon spacecraft was front and center. Elon responded, good thread. The ISS could do lots of damage for sure. It weighs 500 ton. As for how serious the th- we're getting, we're getting our threat assessment here uh, from TMZ, ladies and gentlemen. Please keep that in mind. As for how serious the threat, the Russian official said the ISS does not fly over Russia. Therefore, all the risks are yours. Are you ready for them? NASA says nothing changing with respect to ISS operations. What's unclear, can Russia do what it's threatening? Don't count Musk out, though. NASA has increasingly relied on SpaceX for space exploration. That's because they're starved of resources. resources. They shouldn't have to rely on Musk. Got another one for you. I got another feel-good story about billionaire. You want another feel-good story about a billionaire? This time, a billionaire's heir is going to hang up his healing crystal. I'm sorry, I did not... Oh, oh, it says his... It says his. I'm sorry. I was getting ready to say that. I didn't know what gender he was. It says it right there in the fucking article. The pronoun is right fucking there. It'd be like, but I was sure it was a guy because only a fucking guy would do this shit. Only a man is capable of something this stupid. A billionaire's heir hangs up his healing crystal because he's going to fix capitalism for us. Hoorah! 
William Pitterfee. William Pitterfee. Also, I haven't read this. Uh, Please tell me. Please tell me this is some kind of satire. It's in Bloomberg, so I'm assuming it's fucking head up its ass and we're going to be laughing all over this. Please tell me this is some kind of brilliant satire and and the headline does not sum up what the bullshit we're getting ready to read. William William Peter... William Pitterfee. William Pitterfee. Spent his career avoiding working for his Wall Street tycoon father at Interactive Brokers until ESG became a thing. What the fuck is ESG? I already don't like the motherfucker. I don't like the, like... This is like a suit Conor McGregor wears to fucking taunt people. Pedophy. The younger pedophile in Boulder with his professional photographer out by a fucking cliff. Boulder, Colorado is his latest adopted home because of course it is where he now lives in the mountains with Bowie and a new dog, Rosh- uh, Roshka. Did we, did we skip getting introduced to his dog? That was the first, that was the first, I assume Bowie is, is the first dog and then he's got a new dog, Ratchka, named for the mother wolf in the jungle book. In late November, he visited friends for dinner at their regenerative farm. A citrine crystal believed to symbolize positivity and new beginnings sat nearby as he feasted on braised lamb shoulder, mashed potatoes, arugula, beet sauerkraut, and a punchy fermented hot sauce. A meal his friends prepared using only crops and animals raised on their farm, except for a bit of clarified butter and a few glugs of olive oil. ESG has to do with beards. But still adjusting to his latest occupation, one he'd been avoiding for really his entire life. More than two years earlier, he joined his father's company, a giant trading platform called Interactive Brokers Group. Rather than become a sales rep or data analyst, he carved out a role more simpatico with his worldview. Not unlike when he was seven and made the case for getting a pet ferret, he pitched his dad on a big idea that he could become the company's first director of environmental, social, and government uh, governance affairs. Oh, it's something he made up. It's something he made up. It's his own acronym. The Environmental, Social, and Governance Affairs, ESG helping to make the firm a better steward of the earth and society. Now, most of, most of the time, most of the time when right-wingers talk about, like, wokeness, they're, they're a very hyperbolic attack on, like, the broad left. 
But if you want to talk about people that are woke, this bougie motherfucker right here, this is my definition of someone who is why I will give them this is woke. And I don't like that. I'm 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 cool if you want to call this woke. Say you're against this kind of woke culture. Totally for it. Let's eat the rich. I do not like financial uh, 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 analysts, financial investment bankers, shit like that. Fuck all those dudes. Interactive brokers would reduce its environmental footprint, boost gender and racial diversity, and in the dribble bottom line spirit, draw a whole new set of younger customers who want to invest in companies doing the same. What it is, what he's, what he is describing is a fucking PR move to keep doing the same unethical practices. There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. You can't clean it up. This is a marketing ploy. This kind of shit I fucking despise. We've been saturated with this idea that we are separate. We are separate from each other. We are separate from the earth. We are separate from nature. And it's not just true. It's just not true. We're very connected with each other. All life is connected. It's not even woo-woo. You can guarantee uh, that this guy lives in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? He's a poet in his off-duty hours, which is... Fine. Fucking nothing wrong with writing poetry. Tell the dinner party that his new live direction called to mind a few lines by uh, ethnobotanist and psychedelic guru Terrence McKenna. Of of course he's been reading. Pulled up the verse and read aloud to the table. Nature loves courage, he recited, continuing that the world responds to commitment by removing obstacles from your path. This is shamanic dance. Is that how you say it? Shum, shum, shamanatic? Shum, shamanatic? Shamanatic? This is the shamanic dance in the water. This isn't a good hit. Like, I'm a hippie, per se. Depending on, on what your definition of hippie is. But, like, I'm very, like, I, I'm still wearing t-shirts I had in fucking high school and shop at thrift stores and, and that's that, that kind of thing. Trustafarians, yes, RB is correct. This is this new age, woo, all in your head, like, like fucking, he's, he's, he's combining all the worst aspects of the Eastern culture, uh, Eastern culture trends, uh, hippie fucking culture, fucking his hippiness was picked up from going to like fucking Coachella and shit, right? Burning Man. This motherfucker's got to go to all kinds of venues, and he didn't even appreciate the the the. The majesty of the venues he's been in. This motherfucker's probably been to Red Rocks like it was nothing. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. I'd appreciate Red Rocks, sir. I'd appreciate Red Rocks a hell of a lot more than your spoiled ass. 
capitalism could reasonably be called uh, pedophiles. Personable of and you know what? Like I, I might be able to cut some right wingers some slack if these bougie ass right wingers, like the only leftists they're ever exposed to, are leftists. I'm putting in air quotes. Are are people like this? And like, if that's where they're getting their idea of what, like, all the left is like this. Like, I know you're not out with the pores. You're not out in the community gardens and the soup kitchens. Hey, what you can fucking uh, diners. You don't know what the left is actually like. All they're around are these trust fund babies. I'm assuming he's not a right winger. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he is, is the very definition of what, like the, the, to the most extremes you can get of all the tropes that right wingers want to use about us. But the reason why he's, he's insufferable is the capitalism. Just a goofy kind of sort of hippie with too much money. Exactly. But he's called capitalism apparently his personal abyss and his father's bed to the system uh, made his father, Thomas Petterfee, the 72, uh, 72nd richest person in the world before building up a net worth of $21.5 billion on Wall Street. Thomas grew up in communist Hungary. Immigrated to the U.S. at the age of 21, knowing no English, and saved up to buy a seat on the American Stock Exchange. He became an early player in electronic trading, building a company that used computers to transact in financial markets and eventually evolved into a broker that sells professional quality trading software to individual investors and money managers, including hedge funds. He'd achieved the fantasy of amassing an unimaginable fortune, but his three children, Will and two sisters, wanted nothing to do with his business. Thomas always dreamed that his son would someday join his Wall Street empire. It was the very practical matter that he would eventually retire. He's now 77 and is in... 77? I mean, you can be president at that age. His interactive broker's chairman... Wanted to ensure his legacy wouldn't be squandered by outsiders. There was also the instinctive urge for something his billions could not buy. His son's approval! The actual ask to join the company was a vulnerable thing for him, Will says. After Will's years of flirting around, he finally convinced himself that by working at Interactive Brokers, he could help fix the ruthless financial system from within. He joined a generation of soul-searching capitalists trying to figure out how to have it both ways. In recent years, a boom erupted in ESG, a catch-all for sustainable investing. Okay, maybe he didn't come up with it. This is prompting a new ru- a rush of new Wall Street products and tools that make it easier to identify companies that align with an investor's values. I hate it. I fucking hate it. All along corporate America's food chain, a certain breed of striver from ambitious business school student to chief executive officers began pitching a future where earning money in financial markets can be freed of the guilt of funding rapacious conglomerates. 
Fuck these guys. Fuck this. Fuck you, Will. Fuck you. I wish you would find Jesus and give everything you own to the poor. That's what I want. That's what I want. For Will, a new spin on interactive brokers meant it was no longer a binary choice or burdensome obligation, but a gateway of possibility. Here's another posed fucking picture of him. Oh my god, I hate everything about this. I hate everything about this. Oh, this piece goes on and 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 on. If you, by chance, are a you know, masochist, you're masochist when you want to inflict it on yourself, right? You are by chance. I don't know anything about the BDSM shit. Or a masochist and want to inflict some punishment on yourself. It was in Bloomberg Business Week. It was published today. Fresh off the press, motherfuckers. Let's cleanse our palates with some fucking, like, news about uh, unions. Union has filed a precedent-setting charge of misconduct against Amazon. Fuck yeah. The retail, wholesale, and department store union has filed a new precedent-setting charge of misconduct against Amazon with the National Labor Relations Board, which previously ruled that the company violated the labor rights of its employees at the Bessemer Warehouse in Alabama last year. Esmer workers are currently voting on whether to join a retail union for a second time after the NLRB determined that Amazon illegally interfered with a closely watched election in April of 2021. The original union vote was unsuccessful, but organizing at the Bessemer Warehouse and Amazon facilities in New York and Canada continued despite pushback from the retail giant. Moving union literature from break rooms, limiting workers' ability to talk with each other, compelling attendance at captive audience meetings to listen to anti-union messages. All of these actions expose Amazon's undisguised efforts to stifle workers' voices and its uh, contempt for their rights to join together, said, uh, said Wilma Liebman, a former chairperson for the NLRB, in a statement provided uh, by the RWDSU. Amazon workers involved in organizing said the company took down pro-union flyers that they put up next to anti-union flyers during their unpaid time off, as they are allowed to do under labor laws. Roger Wyatt, a member of the organizing committee for workers, said workers were forced to attend training meetings with anti-union messaging. Being forced to attend captive audience and anti-union training uh, was degrading, Wyatt said in a statement. Amazon treated us like mindless robots downloading misinformation to us. And the irony is these meetings are the longest I've ever gotten to sit at work. Oh my God! The meetings where they're pumping 1984-style propaganda into their into their minds. We've got some fucking clockwork orange shit, I guess. They're like holding their eyeballs open. 
Wow. That was the that was the longest he'd ever gotten to sit at work. Wow. Alright, I don't know anything about the sporty ball. But they also have a labor dispute going on, and I I I I'm against propaganda that uses, you know, high-paid baseball players to try to pit workers against other workers. I wish we would take instances like the MLB and their strikes and, and use it to, like, you can be like your favorite ball players and join a union. I, I, I wish we would properly message it because the other side uses it to, you know, say these, oh, these whiny ball players wanting more money. But MLB has canceled opening day. Games will be lost to uh, a labor dispute for the first time since 1995. I remember the 1995 strike and I was very happy as a kid because like fucking baseball used to fuck up the TV schedule all the time. I'm I'm nine fucking years old at this time. I'm probably really into fucking WCW. Baseball's fucking me up. Your baseball's fucking up WCW Saturday night for me. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred on Tuesday announced he has canceled opening day and for the first two series of the 2020 season as the league's lockout lurched into March with no new collective bargaining agreement, which could result in the first regular season games lost to a labor dispute since 1995. Yep, I don't care about sports at all. This is all about... I wanted to talk about the messaging. I, I don't... The right does a good job of painting... The, the players as whiny and entitled, but we need to stand with the players just like we stand with all other unions. The announcement comes 90 days after the previous CBA expired at midnight on December 1st when MLB imposed a lockout of players and weeks of infrequent haphazard and often brief and rancorous, rancorous negotiations commenced. With spring training games canceled and a semi-official MLB deadline of February the 28th looming to strike an agreement or cancel the March 31st openers, MLB and the MLB Players Association met for nine consecutive days in Juniper, Florida for the final flurry of negotiations covering 20 hours stretching from Monday morning into Tuesday afternoon finally broke down. Sequence began with MLB presenting an offer late on Monday night that showed a modest increase in the luxury tax threshold to $220 million for three years beginning in 2022, maxing out at $230 million in 2026. The players locked in at $245 million in 2022, countered with an offer of $238 million for the first year, increasing to $263 million in the final year of the five-year CBA prompted an MLB spokesperson to tell reporters the players struck a decidedly different tone on Tuesday. Also, I'm assuming 
that baseball, like other fucking sports, I mean, you don't have as many people on a team as football. football. Like, football players don't get paid as much as people think they do. Like, the average football player is only going to play two or three years in the NFL and may make a couple mil. Doesn't have all kinds of sponsorships. Has to live off of that couple meal the rest of their lives probably taking care of the rest of their family if if they come from poor communities they 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 like to bring other people up why a lot of players get into financial situations i assume the mlb also suffers from that they play a fucking shit they play like 160 some games a year i don't know how they play so many goddamn games MLB countered that with uh, what it called a best offer that made small concessions and a pool of money for pre-arbitration players and minimum salary, but no further movement of the luxury tax ceiling. Without the union would reject it. I mainly just wanted to talk about the messaging. I want. I wanted. I wanted to know. I wanted to point out that, you know, the fucking the right calls him entitled and, and, and I'm sure the, the, the more well-off players are fighting to get a better deal for themselves, but also the, the, the players under them. And, and that's what I'm all about. Cause I, I'm assuming that Left field, would that be like the most inconsequential position? Left field, maybe? Your left fielder, like, on the one on one of the worst teams in the league, you ain't getting paid all that much. You're fucking bench left fielder. Well, hopefully this is a good good headline, Ida. Apparently, rent payments can now be factored into your credit and loan applications. No, no, no. You might be you might be misinterpreting it. When when renters go to buy a house, you can't factor in a a spotless a spotless record of paying rent to show that you'd be able to pay a mortgage. That's one of the barriers that a lot of millennials face for home ownership. So now, now you actually can apply your your rent payments to show, oh, this part of my credit history, please take this into consideration when considering me for a home loan. So this is a good thing. This is actually this is actually a very good thing. Possibly, I mean, like I think it hurts your credit now anyway. I think if you don't pay your fucking rent, it shows up on your credit report. It hurts you now, but like paying your rent doesn't help you any. So hopefully this, hopefully what we're getting ready to read is a, is a rules change that is a long time coming. That's the way I took it when I just skimmed over the article. So let's, let's fucking read it and find out. First time home buyers don't have a shot. It's been extremely difficult, says Carly Zabkar, 
the houses that we're attracted to and then we want to put in an offer, they disappear in days and minutes. Zabcar has learned that the hard way that, that, that it's no cakewalk. It's just really hard to compete, she said. I thought I would be in a house already. I've been renting. I'm about to be 30 years old and it's not as easy as I thought. God, 30, fuck. She's not alone. The number of millennials who expect to rent forever has doubled in the last few years to more than 18%, according to Apartment List's Millennials Ownership Report. Now, I just assumed I would always be renting because, like, fucking... I move around a lot. This, this is the longest I've ever lived in a place, actually. I just figured, like, you know, I'm going to be moving around. I'm always, I'm always going to be going to a bigger city, hopefully. Hopefully living here all this time hasn't mean that I stalled out. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, they feel like there's a lot of cards stacked against them, said Credit Sesame's Saze Vergi. So now a lot of this article is kind of sponsored content where they do these helpful articles. But this was something that I wasn't aware of that I did want to highlight. But that's how you got Credit Sesame mentioned in the article. The little sneaky thing the news business does now that I don't I don't like. I don't like a lot. Virgie says a factor working against many first time home buyers is credit rating. Two thirds of millennials are credit invisible, meaning that they don't have a credit score or their credit score is very low. They're still burdened with student loan debt. There is good news, all three major credit bureaus and mortgage buyer Fannie Mae recently announced they'll allow rent payments to count toward credit and loans. People can't yet do it by themselves, but rent reporting services like Credit Says Me can help get your rent payments on the books, including those from the past two years. See, it's a fucking ad. It's a fucking ad. I got got. Sponsored content. The reason they're they're able to do this is because you've got, like, this is from 13 on your side, wherever that's located at, WZZM, Channel 13. Channel 13 is owned by some conglomerate, right? Nexstar or, or fucking Heartland Media. Who are you owned by? Who are you owned by, motherfuckers? Who are you owned by? Not uh, not prominently displayed on their page, are you Sinclair? No, I don't think we mean the West Catholic High School, which is... Oh, no, 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 that's the channel. That was just one of their headlines. Who owns you? Where's the Wikipedia on you, motherfuckers? You an independent station? Tegna. Tegna Inc. One of these smaller conglomerates. It's an American publicly traded broadcast digital media marketing services company, Tegna Marketing Solutions. Headquartered in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. They're a marketing solutions company. They own a few TV stations and it's easy to, to get your marketing solutions on the TV. 
Been working out, taking vitamins. This cat has. Kitty, I guess, has seen his owner go do some sit-ups, and it's getting in shape. You do not want to mess with this kitty. Kitty will fuck you up. He's fucking adorable. He kind of looks a little like Maynard. Curious, sir. Let's see. Looks like Patrick is doing. Art shit. So let's go say hi to Patrick. I'll let you. I'll let you watch the uh, the kitty a couple more times here. I hate to spring it on you guys, but like, there's still going to be a cat video. There's going to be credits here soon. Those of you still hanging around, I've got. I've got. I've got new shit coming up. First of all, like. 420 is the two-year anniversary of the Troll Patrol. We're going to go all out. There's going to be a big 420 stream. Last year, I had a whole new graphics and everything. Like, this whole new look you're seeing now was what I debuted on 420. This year, I love my fucking graphics. I don't think think anything's going to change. There's going to be minor changes. Credits. Credits are something that's coming. I have credits. I have people that that need shouting out. Supporters on Patreon. Like Ginger. Fucking A. Thank you for being a supporter. I I want to give proper credit after the show, so... Credits are coming. Commercial breaks are coming. I have commercials already ready to go. Oh, Spider, I'm sorry you've never had a 420. You've never had a good 420. Last year, I we had a blast here on the stream. I had... First, Derek Chauvin was uh, convicted. Like the like the day I was doing the two-year anniversary, of the, or the one-year anniversary, the one-year anniversary of the Troll Patrol. We got the verdict live. I came on 4.20, or I came on at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. Got 4.20 on East Coast. Did 4.20. I had a different bong for each 4.20. Did 4.20 in Central Time. Did 4.20 in, what, Mountain Time. We'll see. I don't know what's going to go on this 4.20. See, I didn't didn't get drunk on 4.20. Cause you got to remember, my birthday stream comes the next month. I let Dave produce my birthday stream, and I got really drunk last year. It was like Echoplex Media took over the the Troll Patrol. It was really sweet. Fucking, that was the very first time Sparkles got on camera. Was my birthday stream. She gets on with producer Dave and Media Winch, and the first thing she says, producer Dave looks and goes. Oh shit, you got jokes. 
Fuck yeah, she got jokes. Kitty been working out, taking vitamins. Oh! Also, also, I've got, um, several people have asked for it. Uh, it will, it will only be, it will only be live at the time. You gotta catch me doing it. I'm gonna go ahead and give you the heads up. It's gonna happen this Saturday. The freaking fun time uh, effing around hour. I know I might not call it that. The freaking fun time effing around stream. I've already got it set up. We're just gonna we're just gonna sit around. We're gonna listen to music. We're not gonna worry about copyright at all. I'm gonna have my I'm gonna have my Spotify display. I've already I've already got it set up. Spotify is displayed on the screen. It's just going to be me getting high, talking to the chat, listening to music, bullshitting around. I've got emulators on the computer. I've got Steam. Uh, you might be able to talk me into playing some video games. Who knows what we're going to do? Just fuck around time. Freaking fuck around time. So it will be live on uh, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. You will only be able to catch it live unless you're a, a, a Patreon subscriber. Patrons will get the replay. And so I've, I've got a, I've got a really, I've got a lot of things in the works. I've got a lot of things in my mind. I just keep playing video games and I don't do them. I've got I've got like fucking four or five like different videos, long form like uh, video essays that I want to make. I will not be on on Friday. I will not. I will see you on Saturday. I will not be on on Friday. Sparkles will not be on on Friday. Sparkles is having surgery on Friday. Um, I will be taking care of her. So no no freak show this Friday. Yeah, I've got my I've got my Indigo shirt on. I fucking this shirt is not only is Indigo a cool band. Go check them out if you like psychedelic rock. The, these are my friends. Uh, the guitarist from Indigo, the lead singer, they were in another band. I had them on my college radio show, the College Freak Show. But they, they, this is, this is their new band. They're not, they're not that new anymore. They've been around for a long time. They're new since, uh, since my college radio show. But if you like psychedelic rock, if you like psychedelic rock, if you like fucking like, uh, Blood Ceremony, uh, Jess and the Ancient Ones, 13th Floor Elevators, shit like that, you will love fucking Indigoast. Go check them out on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your music. Go support them on Bandcamp if you want to, if you're feeling so inclined. Yeah, shout out to my buddies. Seriously, I jam the hell out of them. They are so good. They're going to make it. That's, that's, I, I, I have known for a long time that my buddy was a really talented guitarist. And music producer. 
like the but the the band is gonna make it. They're great. They're fan fucking tastic. I mean, I don't what I don't know what you consider making. They're not gonna be like Super Bowl halftime show. Like I I think they will sustain themselves playing music, playing festivals and shit. They might they might even have a song that breaks through and gets popular at some point. Like they're they're fucking good. But right now they're just like an indie psychedelic rock band. We'll like them. Maybe we'll listen to them. The freaking fucking around show. Yes. Tots and, and pears for Sparkle's ass on on Friday. I will be taking care of her. I'll see you guys on Saturday. If you're watching on Twitch, heading over to Patrick J uh, Creates. Patrick is awesome. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.